For this episode of Metaphors Be With You, we'll be talking about droids, from the comic sidekicks to the existentialist nightmares, and how they're sometimes the same thing. Hi, I'm Rob Hyard of Chipperish Media, and this is a podcast about symbolism and allegory in Star Wars, the movies, the TV shows, the books, and everything else. Each episode will take a topic and apply it across whatever Star Wars media seems most appropriate. Droids are everywhere in the Star Wars galaxy, from the opening moments of A New Hope onward. Droids fulfill various metaphoric roles in the world. We see them as slaves, pets, friends, tools, adversaries, and more. They are peasants and an oppressed ethnic group. In short, they fill whatever role the story requires. But let's walk through some of those in detail. Famously, R2 and 3PO were created to be the space version of the peasant characters in Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. The peasants were the POV characters in that movie, and Lucas liked the idea of telling a big, consequential story from the perspective of the least important characters in it. And they do seem to be terribly unimportant. In the opening scenes of A New Hope, 3PO and R2 cross a hallway full of blaster fire, and no one cares enough about them to shoot. They escape death a second time a short while later, when no one bothers to fire at the escape pod they're in, because there are no life forms aboard. They are junk to be scavenged and resold to farmers in remote locations. But they obviously have feelings and are extremely relatable. The droid's treatment in the first movie could easily be a commentary on one of the many, many systems of oppression that real-world humans have invented to marginalize and ignore members of other communities. Part of that conceit was the moment that I talked about in Episode 3, where the bartender doesn't serve droids and doesn't want them in the cantina. Droids are second-class citizens, though that's actually too kind. They're not citizens at all. This is interesting to me, because if droids are simple property, why the hostility? No one, as far as I know, hates my iPhone. I have two theories, one practical and one more esoteric. The practical one is that it's possible that the bartender doesn't want droids in the cantina because they take up space like a person, but don't eat or drink anything. My other idea is that people are hostile to droids since the Clone Wars, when there were armies of droids on the march and they're afraid of more violence. But not everyone has this kind of dismissive contempt for droids, though. Poe Dameron obviously loves BB-8, though their reunion at the end of The Last Jedi makes it pretty clear that they have a pet-master relationship. Luke seems to treat R2 as a genuine partner and peer. And when L337 dies of her wounds in Solo, Lando appears to sincerely mourn her loss. So that's the sort of role they fill in the story, but what are the implications of having droids in the world? First of all, friendship between organic beings and droids is inherently suspect to me, since there will always be a huge power differential between the organic and the droid. Put another way, if your friend has an off switch, even if you never use it, that's going to have an effect on the relationship. It's also worth noting that even beings like Bail Organa, who the narrative holds up as being heroic and generally saintly, will cavalierly order a droid's memory wiped, as we saw Bail do toward the end of Revenge of the Sith. In other sci-fi, I would equate this to death for 3PO, but we see him in the original trilogy with essentially the same personality he had in the prequels, so it's murky how much effect this actually has beyond removing the specific memories 3PO presumably has of Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight. Parenthetically, I have wondered for years why Bale only has 3PO's memory wiped and not R2's, and it just occurred to me while preparing this podcast that Bale may not care what R2 knows if his main goal is just to hide the fact of Anakin's fall. The novel Bloodline makes it clear that Bale went to some trouble to hide Leia's biological parentage from the rest of the galaxy, while also leaving her a letter explaining it for when she was older, and 3PO's memory wipe was perhaps the first step of that process. Close parenthesis. We do know that a droid's memory wipe can have a broader implications on their personality, because of K2SO from Rogue One. 
He is, of course, an example of a being whose personality was entirely overwritten for the convenience of his organic owners. He was kidnapped from imperial service, then brainwashed into obedience. This would be an extremely dark action for the good guys to be taking if he was an organic being, though it's not without precedent see the video game Knights of the Old Republic. Now, to be fair, we establish pretty profoundly that Cassian engages in morally gray behavior for the good of the rebellion, but this is still pretty extreme. So droids seem to have as much personality as the current story requires, but we can somewhat write that off in terms of different droids being more advanced than others. Maybe 3PO holds onto his personality and K2SO keeps less of his, because 3PO as a protocol droid who is supposed to deal with organic beings as his main job has a sort of hardwired personality, while K was originally a security droid and didn't need to have much personality at all before Cassian got to him. But we do know that droids can feel pleasure and pain. 3PO talks about how good his oil bath is going to feel in A New Hope, and we see a gonk droid being tortured in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, though it's difficult to imagine what reason there could be to torture a walking battery. I mean, presumably it's supposed to be wanton cruelty, but what the hell? Why can a walking battery even feel pain? And while we're talking about the darker side of droids' place in the Star Wars galaxy, let's talk about what it's like to be a droid. To be fair, some of the droids we see, like R2-D2 and BB-8, seem to be pretty happy with their lot. On the other hand, these are the droids whose language we can't understand, so maybe they're just play-acting. For droids we can understand, 3PO, while he generally seems very happy to obey orders and volunteer his services, also says, curse my metal body, in a moment of crisis when he thinks he let Luke die in A New Hope. Even when terribly upset, the thing that distinguishes 3PO from his masters is never far from his mind. Similarly, K2SO is positively petulant about not being given a gun when Jin is in Rogue One. He wants to confirm that Jin knew she was shooting a different droid of the same model when that comes up. In short, he seems intensely aware that he is second class, and it informs a lot of his behavior. Getting into more extreme examples, there's AP-5 from the Rebels cartoon. AP-5 is an extremely grumpy and depressive droid, kind of like Marvin from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books. The episode Double Agent Droid is his one outing as the POV character, and it's fascinatingly weird. Early on, the episode warns us it's going to be strange by having AP and his fellow droid, Chopper, get in an argument in the style of anything you can do, I can do better a song from the musical Annie Get Your Gun. But the real weirdness comes at the end, when AP-5 is floating helplessly in space, ostensibly lost forever. Finally at peace, without any irritating other droids or organics, AP seems to be happy at last, with little space-born butterfly critters landing on him, Disney princess style, and the music swells as if he's about to burst into happy song. But here's the thing. This is death. AP-5 is thrilled that he gets to float off to his grave here in the inky void of space. Yes, he won't die right away because he's a droid, but he absolutely will run out of power out here, and that's his happy ending, until he gets rescued against his will by our heroes. It's a really funny moment in the show, but it's also dark AF if you think about it for even a moment. So maybe you're thinking that AP-5 is an outlier, the rare droid that doesn't enjoy being used as property by self-absorbed organic beings. Well, the other moment that feels extremely important to me is in Solo, when L-337, who we'll get to in a moment, sets a droid free. She tells that one to go free its brethren, but the others don't get any specific instructions. They then go on to free all the droids, and, this is the key part to me, one of them frees the organic slaves working in the mines. So these droids not only desire freedom, but they have empathy for other beings who are treated like them. It is absolutely horrific that beings like this are kept in eternal servitude. So when L3 rants about equal rights for droids, she's absolutely right, and it's pretty difficult to find a counterargument. In fact, I would argue that if a being is a sophisticated enough thinker to desire freedom, they should have it, and it is a moral abomination to keep them in servitude. 
But despite what I see as absolute moral clarity about L3's position, the movie pretty much makes fun of her for it. Her comments are generally punchlines, and Lando literally rolls his eyes at one point behind her back. But I hadn't immediately realized the worst part until it was pointed out by Carolyn Petit and Ebony Astor on the Feminist Frequency Radio Podcast, episode 29. The worst part is that L3's final fate, after a lifetime of being a self-made droid beholden to no one, is to become a voiceless, bodiless consciousness inside the Millennium Falcon, with no agency of her own at all. We can even be pretty confident that she's conscious in there, because of 3PO's line in The Empire Strikes Back, which I'm pretty sure is the reason for this subplot in Solo, where he says to Han, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. So L3's punishment for being, if you'll forgive the term, uppity, is to spend the rest of her potential immortal life as a ghost in the machine. As a metaphor for women's liberation or civil rights, it's a pretty vile conclusion, and it very much sours the movie for me. Okay, so you may think that L3's treatment is the most perverse thing that's happened to a droid, and I might agree with you, but let's consider the related situation of the decraniated. These beings first appeared in the background of Rogue One, but you can see one much more easily serving a drink to Dryden Voss in Solo. They look like people who are missing their heads from about the nose up, which is exactly as horrifying as it sounds. Their origin, according to canonical source the Rogue One Visual Guide, is also horrifying. You may recall Dr. Evazan, the alien from the original cantina scene who brags about being a wanted man and having the death sentence in 12 systems, who also has a brief cameo on Jedha in Rogue One. Well, the visual guide tells us that a rogue surgeon operating on Jedha has been creating decraniated for use as servants among the very wealthy and morally bankrupt. Apparently, the decraniated act essentially like droids, but of course are made mostly of flesh and bone. The guide doesn't come out and say that Dr. Evan is responsible, but he is there on Jeddah, and he's also trained as a surgeon, or at least was in the old expanded universe, so it feels like a reasonable bet. It also feels like... The book makes it clear that the decraniated are essentially droids now, but as we've been saying all along here, that doesn't make their plight any better, necessarily. So those are my thoughts on droids, but I'd love to hear what I missed. If you've got another example or just want to discuss anything I've said here, talk to me on Twitter at rhyrit, or come to the Chippersh forums if you'd like to have a conversation outside of 280 character limits. If you'd like to support my work and the other great podcasts here at Chipperish, head to our Patreon page and chip in a dollar a month or whatever you can afford. You can also support any podcast you love by leaving a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and metaphors be with you. Mm-hmm.